2: Come in. Welcome. I'm E.G. Marshall. Welcome to the world of terrifying imagination. To the world of enchantment, spells, bewitchery. These are all words from our childhood. Pleasant memories of nursery stories before bedtime. The dark side of magic we knew nothing of. And when we grew old enough to learn, dismissed as ignorance and superstition. But once again in our times, incantation, exorcism, and the haunting belief in demonic possession are alive
3: and abroad.
2: They are what this strange tale is about.
3: I tell you, Doctor, it's the God's honest truth. They brought the young man in on the rolling stretcher to the emergency room... And he had this big sort of dent in his head. Oh, he didn't look like he was breathing at all. There was me with me bucket and me pail... trying to clean up. Just me and the young man on the stretcher... and the old wine-old repeater we called PJ... they brought in earlier... snoring and dribbling. And that's when it happened. Came right out of old PJ's mouth... and across the room... And right off the young man's nose, like that, with a burny, cindery smell, like the old scissor grinder's stone wheel used to make. Oh, a great black cloud, with red eyes in the middle, and a long fork tail. Oh, I take an oath of it on me mother's grave. It was the devil himself. <laughs>
2: Our mystery drama, Possessed by the Devil, was written especially for the Mystery Theater by Ian Martin and stars Donald Bucca. It is sponsored in part by Contact, the 12-hour cold capsule, and Anheuser-Busch Incorporated, Brewers of Budweiser. I'll be back shortly with Act One. If you take a look
4: at the new 1975 cars, it doesn't take long to notice the European influence is strong. And to be sure, there are some new American cars that rival the Europeans. One being Buick's new Skylock SR. But don't consider a Skylock SR because of its touring car interior or its rather rakish profile. Consider it because it's a Buick possessing many of Buick's nicer innovations, like the new Buick V6, a peppery little engine that spits out a plentiful amount of torque while sipping a surprisingly small amount of gasoline. And if you wish, Skylark SR can abound with creature comforts seldom found on cars this size, with available items like Cruise Master Speed Control, AM FM Stereo. But you've heard enough. Now you need to see and drive a Skylark SR. And try to remember... It's not a European touring car. It's a Buick.
2: Buick. Dedicated to the free spirit in just about everyone. Who knows how to help you solve your shopping problems? Your Better Business Bureau
3: knows. Oh, dear. All of this furniture is so beautiful. Look at this beautiful leather chair and this gorgeous oak table. And the prices are so low, I don't know which one to buy first.
2: I'll help you, madam.
3: But who are you?
2: I'm the man from the Better Business Bureau. Listen carefully. New federal regulations require that furniture be properly labeled, describing what it's made of, plastic, wood, veneer, and so forth. Be sure to read the labels on the furniture. They'll help you.
3: Oh, I see. Why, look, the label on this marble table says made of marble dust. No wonder it's cheaper. Oh, thank you for telling me.
2: Think nothing of it little lady just passing along another consumer tip from your Better Business Bureau From the beginnings of history it is there in some form possession The incubus who ravishes maidens while asleep. The succubus who tempts man into seduction in his dreams. The dibuk, that lost soul who dies before his time... and is compelled to wander in space... till he can steal a body to live out his allotted years. Fact? Superstition? Hallucination? Here is such a modern legend... You be the judge. Okay, Doctor, an IV set up for old Wally Wino here. Glucose. And start it right away. Yes, Dr.
3: Daniels. He don't look like he's long for this world.
2: He hasn't got a cell. He hasn't drowned in alcohol. His liver is like a washboard. But I'm not sure I concur with your diagnosis, Mrs. Gideon. Still, I don't know this time. Oh, another emergency. And this is supposed to be the quiet hour.
3: Do you want me to get out for a while, Doctor? I, I'm near finished. No, no, go ahead with your
2: cleaning. Uh, just don't get run over by the stretcher. Uh, put him over here, boys. Now, what have you brought me this time?
3: Oh, you poor old soul. Dead to the world's the word for you, all right. You've got me sympathy. With my arthritis, many the time... I've been tempted to have a go at the hard stuff myself. Oh, but thanks to sweet Mary, she's held me back. A little sacramental wine to ease me bones keeps me going. I had a few tonight, I can tell you. Oh, but there's always them breath sweeteners to take it away. I hope.
2: Well, how's your patient, Mrs. Gideon?
3: Oh, doctor, I hope he's not a Catholic. The father might never make it in time...
2: How's yours? Oh, mine's out of my league. What I need is a brain surgeon. Huh? Speak of the devil. Considine just walked past the door. Uh, Dr. Considine. Uh, Dr. Considine, sir, I've
3: got an emergency here. Mother of heaven. And me here alone with two near corpses. Oh. I,
5: I didn't see it. I couldn't have. Oh, but I. Oh, the good saints preserve
2: me.
5: Hey, 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 there,
2: Mother. Well,
3: where am I? Oh, in, in the Mercy Hospital. Oh. oh, you shouldn't be getting up. Oh, ma'am, you're sure a different kind of nurse. Oh, I'm, <laughs> I'm no nurse. I'm the cleaning woman. Oh, And you hadn't oughtn't to be sitting up? Not with that clout on the head someone's after giving you? Hmm? What cl- clout on the head? Why, that great big dentist, as big as a soap plate they brought you in with. <laughs> what
2: are you talking about? <laughs> you, I'm late for the operating room already. Dr. Considine, he has a depressed skull fracture. I don't even know if he's still alive. Uh, uh, Good Lord, <sighs> what are you doing on your feet? Dr. Considine, will you help me get him back on the ship? Hey, hey, hold up. Wait a minute. Look, there's nothing wrong with me. Mister, an ambulance just brought you in here with a skull fracture. You were out cold in deep shock. But there's nothing wrong. There's nothing the matter with my head. Look. Holy mother. Uh, excuse me, Mr... Uh, uh, Mike. Uh, Michael Damon. Uh, well, I'm uh, Dr. Considine, Chief of Neurological Surgery here at the hospital. Would you mind uh, sitting down on this chair for a second and letting me check you out? Oh, sure, Doc. I think I've got to admit, I don't remember how I got here to the hospital, so maybe you ought to have a look at me. Uh, Mrs. Gideon, what's the matter with you? You look like you just saw a ghost.
3: It wasn't no ghost, sir.
2: Dr. Daniels, get over here. Uh, Yes, sir. Would you mind casting your eagle eye over the back of this young man's head and show me one scintilla of evidence of skull fracture or concussion? Doctor, all I know is Jake Bronstein brought him in on the wagon and he had a decompressed area you could have laid your hand in.
3: That's right, sir. I saw it myself.
2: Someone here has been drinking. Daniels, look. If this is your idea of a joke, I... Uh, but the, uh, no, never mind, we'll uh, we'll discuss this later. Mr. Damon? Yes, Doctor? For your own protection as well as the hospital's, may I suggest that we take some x-rays of your head? Oh, nurse. Yes? You can let Dr. Daniels take over on the IV with the old man. And we'll Mr. Damon straight to x-ray. I want a full set of head blades. Yes, Doctor. Now, Mr. Damon, there are... There are a couple of questions I'd like to ask you. Excuse me, sir. Dad? Mike? Are you all right, son? Oh, I feel fine, Dad. Except for a headache. Oh, uh, Dr. Considine, this is my father, Reverend Damon. Oh, uh, how do you do? Uh, Nurse, can we get going? Uh, Dad, what happened? Uh, How did I get here? Well, perhaps you can explain, Reverend, as we walk along. I want to get to... X-ray. Well, I wish someone could explain to me what happened.
3: I can, sir.
2: Uh, Let me check the IV on old PJ. Uh, Wait a minute.
3: What is it, Doctor?
2: PJ here. He's bought it this time. Oh. Uh Oh, this is not my night. We might have pulled him through. Oh, there's going to be the devil to pay around here.
3: Oh, you can say that again. It's the God's truth, Dr. Considine. Came right out of the old man's mouth... And across the room and up, the young man's nose like that. With a burning, cindery smell like the old scissor grinder's wheel used to make. A great black cloud with red eyes in the middle. And a long forked tail. Oh, I'd taken off on the mother's grave towards the devil himself. Yes,
2: yes, yes, Mrs. Gideon, I think you uh, can leave the medical discussion to us. And I'm sure you have important work waiting.
3: Oh, bless us. I, I left me pale and mop there. I hope nobody's
2: been after Stephen. That mob had a brand-new head on it. Well, at least I know now where the smell of alcohol came from. I can't blame you for that, Daniels. Hmm. But I just can't accept it. In an emergency room, you concentrate on a seemingly healthy patient while you lose a really sick old man. P.J. was a repeater, Doc. He's long overdue for uremic poisoning or cardiac arrest. But this young guy, Damon... Well, 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 well. Complete your sentences. I was just thinking, that magnificent body, physically way above par, and the injury I thought I saw, well, would have left him a vegetable for the rest of a long life if we'd pulled him through. What injury? That depressed fracture. Most of the brain should have been injured beyond repair. You say what you thought you saw. Apparently, you didn't see anything. You heard Mrs. Gideon back me up, Doctor. Come in. Oh, it's the wet plates, Doctor, from X-Ray. Light up the viewing fields, Daniels, and let's have a good look. (laughs) Yes, satisfied? Satisfied? Well, sir... Oh, somebody gave him a knock on the head, all right. There's some exterior evidence of that. But of any fracture? None I can see. Well, you're the doctor of record. Shall we send him home? I see no reason not to. Okay. Now I'd better get up to O.R.
5: Bobby! Coming! Coming! Trudy! Well,
3: don't look so disappointed, Rod. You couldn't. Give in. <laughs> Say,
2: sweetheart, what are you doing here at this hour?
3: Oh, I couldn't sleep after your call, so I drove over. Is Mike back from the hospital? No,
2: I thought the bell was Dad and Mike. They're on the way home right now.
3: How come you didn't go to the hospital?
2: Well, we've been trying to get in touch with Anton Azarach. Oh? So Dad thought one of us should be here in case he called back. Oh. I mean, to find out what happened. Yeah. All right, and uh, cool cooler.
3: Oh, what a name for a cat.
2: Oh, I, I see nothing wrong with it. I think a martyr belongs in a minister's family.
3: Oh, is that my fate is your wife-to-be? Of
2: course not. <laughs> we just called her that because Mike and she never seem to get along.
3: Well, that's hard to figure about the cat. Mike is such a kind, gentle sort of a giant. I, I thought all animals loved him.
2: Well, it depends what the word includes. Yeah. Wait a minute, there's a car now. The return of the prodigal son. Now maybe we'll find out just what happened last night. And that's honestly all I can tell any of you. You were making a fresh fire in the fireplace at half past five in the morning and straightened up too fast and knocked yourself cold on the underside of the mantelpiece? Well, what other explanation is there, Rod? Well, it is solid oak. And that big, round, ornamental sphere is a menace. I've regretted it every time I've bumped my own head on it. Yeah, but, Dad, you never hit your head hard enough to knock yourself cold. Mike, why were you making a
3: fire at that time in the morning?
2: Well, I wasn't actually making one. I was replacing one. Uh, Professor Azarek was was with me last night, coaching me for an exam I have coming up, and... uh... Well, he got cold. Oh, come on, it wasn't cold enough for a fire last night. Or well, maybe when you went to bed, but we were up all night. And the professor's a pretty old man. What were you doing up at that hour in the morning, Dad? I really don't know. Something woke me and I...
3: Are you all right, Reverend Jase?
2: Oh, excuse me, Trudy, dear. Yes, uh, yes, I'm fine. I'm just recalling that moment this morning vivid it was. I was startled out of the depths of my sleep to wide awakeness. I had a vision of Mike surrounded by flames. It was so real I even said a little prayer. Then I hopped out of bed, went to the window. It wasn't very dark anymore. And looking across, I could see that all the studio lights were on and the front door open. And I Thought I'd better go and have a look.
3: And when you got there, you found Mike on the floor, unconscious?
2: Yes. Lying on his face, white as a sheet, and deathly cold. Oh. Now, but what made you call the hospital? It's not like you to panic. Well, I realized that, but, but the back of his head looked as though he'd been felled by some superhuman male fist. It, it was all bent, bent inward.
3: I thought the hospital said Mike was all right. Oh,
2: I am, Trudy. A clean bill of health. Nothing to worry about. Uh, My fault. Must have been an illusion, of course. Well, I think if the Inquisition is over, I'm going to make up on some sleep.
5: hmm? Oh, that damn cat! I'd forgotten about her. Will you keep her in there away from me?
2: What's the matter with her? It's been a very strange night and morning... I have a hauntingly uneasy feeling. You mean about Mike? About Mike. I hope the hospital was right to give him a clean bill of health. He doesn't seem himself at all. Not at all. Hello? Hello? Ezarek? Michael? What the hell happened last night? Okay, okay, not on the phone. I'm going to rest now but you'll be sure to be here tonight. So far in our modern legend, we have caught up with superstition, witches, magic, both black and white, enchantment, spells, abracadabra. Well, there are two more acts to come. I'll be back very shortly with Act Two.
5: Forget the very best. Yeah! Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you say God, nice. you tell the world you know what makes it all the way.
6: Isaac Bush, St. Louis. Who will cope
5: with tomorrow For a brighter new day There's one hope for tomorrow The children of today
2: out to help a child. For information, write Save the Children, Box 120, Grand Central Station, New York. A young man rushed to the hospital with a depressed fracture of the skull, which should have mangled his brain. A chronic, drunken repeater, back in emergency, on the edge of fatal acute alcoholism, and an aging cleaning woman who thought she saw a malign spirit pass from the drunk to the young man. Now, apparently in full health, we'll be able to appraise just how healthy the young man who made his remarkable recovery is. Be right there. Professor Azarik, please come in. And. Must you be so formal? After last night and today, I'm taking no chances. Maybe with your superior intelligence, you have no worries about our abortive attempt at Satanism. But I have. Look, I was the victim, and since a crack on the head denied me any knowledge of what happened, I'm only hoping you can give me the straight goods. Uh, the straight goods... A peculiarly inept term for what we are engaged in, my brother in Satan. it! it's not a deal in semantics, Anton. Now, what happened after I summoned up the fiend? I mean, how did you escape and how could I have been harmed? As long as I was safe in the magic triangle within the circle. I warned you to keep your feet still. If you touch any part of the circle itself or the triangle within it, You are at the mercy of all the devils in hell. And if I'd known what I was getting into when I picked your philosophy course, I'd have quit. You made the mistake of not realizing how vulnerable your soul was as the son of a minister. All right, all right. I'm not crying over what happened. I just want to know what it was. Now, where was I? By the fireplace. Lying prostrate. The way you fell after he hit you. Who hit me? The devil you summoned. But where did he appear? Outside the circle here. The inner or the outer? Beyond the outer, of course. There was water scattered between the circles. And the wolf's veins scattered through it. And within the circle you had the brazier burning. Everything as you ordered it and arranged it. Yes, but... But what went wrong? Your ego. My ego? What does that mean? You lost your head. Or at least almost did. This was a simple experiment by someone who seemed a true psychic to raise a minor antichrist. The motive was strong enough to create belief. Or at least a hope of belief. You wanted a familiar to procure your brother's woman for you. Beshal you were to call force. Why did you call on Ashtaroth, a giantess beyond your control? I... I don't know. But do I have to explain? No, no. Ever since you became my disciple, you told me that you have lusted after the woman your brother brought home as his bride. The only thing I've never been able to take from Rod whenever I wanted him. When you finished the incantation and summoned Ashtaroth... I thought the house would come down about our ears. The earth rocked like the San Francisco quake. And suddenly she stood without the circle. A huge figure in chain mail and medieval armor. Meddler and slave, she said. How dare you summon me for your petty desires... Learn this lesson once, if not for all. Turn your face from me in shame. And as you turned, she reached out with her mailed glove and struck you on the top and back of your head. You dropped like a stone. Across the magic circles? They weren't designed for major devils. You swore no presence could cross them. Nothing but her arm and her fist. But well, it's five feet from that outer circle to the center of the triangle where I was standing. I told you the circle was for lesser demons. What happened after she struck me? The spirit disappeared. The room was clogged with smoke. I opened the door to let it out and came back to you. You had fallen almost into the fireplace. I pulled the rug back, arranged the furniture as best I could, and fled. I thought you were dead. Oh, (laughs) I'm alive. Yes, yes, but it's not possible. When I left you just before sunrise, you were dead. What witchcraft can do, it can undo. Whoever and whatever I am, I'm alive. Make no mistake about that. Goodbye, Anton. I don't need you any more. Trudy, I thought you'd gone with Rod and Dad.
3: Oh, hello, Mike. I thought you were over in the studio.
2: <laughs> we ran out of beer.
3: Ah, you're out of luck. <laughs> Rod's bringing some home.
2: Well, I found something more refreshing. What? You.
3: <laughs> oh, if you'd waited just a little longer, you'd have found me anyway. I was going to wander over to the studio and visit you. Oh,
2: so that's why you stayed home,
3: hmm? Oh, don't be silly. Someone had to wash the dishes. <laughs> as long as I'm house guest, I thought I ought to do something for my keep. Well, you're staying here tonight? One whole week. Mom went up with Pops to his 35th class reunion. And they figured that with one full-fledged minister and a recent hospital dropout, I was suitably chaperoned.
2: <laughs> Safe as a church, <laughs> huh? <laughs> Uh, Rod and Dad say uh, when they'd be back.
3: Uh, not till pretty late, I guess. Mm. Pretty rough section of town. That's why Rod insisted on going along.
2: Mm. What's the occasion?
3: That's one of your father's oldest parishioners. I guess the old lady is dying. She asked for the minister. Well,
2: her loss, my gain. What? Oh, nothing. It's just a stupid joke.
3: Uh, you said you wanted to see the studio? Oh, yes. Would you mind?
2: Mind? Uh, look, I- I'm out of beer, but... Uh, I've got some champagne that's begging to be what it is.
3: What is it?
2: A split. Just right for sharing. Shall we go? (laughs) Well, won't you walk into my parlor, said Beelzebub to the flies.
3: (laughs) Oh, no, what's that supposed to mean?
2: (laughs) That is the advantage of a classical education. Uh Beelzebub, god of the Philistine city of Ekron. You know, he was known as the lord of the flies. Why? Well, now, there you've got me.
3: Uh Uh-oh, he he sounds horrid.
2: (laughs) Well, he wasn't very popular with Christians. In fact, they called him the Prince of Devils,
3: Lord of the Flies. Mm-hmm. Oh, it gives me the creeps.
2: <laughs> Here's something to chase your creeps away.
3: Oh, I, I don't want that, Mike. It goes right to my head. Oh,
2: just a sip. Hmm? A good luck toast to sister and brother-in-law Hood. Our getting to know you party.
3: Well, far be it for me to be a party pooper. Ah. Uh... There's nothing more cozy and reassuring than a room full of books. What's this section here?
2: Oh, that? It's the main reason I needed Dad's particular library since my exam was in metaphysics.
3: The black arts. The world of witches. Essentials of demonology. the Satanic mass. Oh, it's a strange collection for a minister.
2: And it's always good to know your enemy. Dad's quite an authority on the devil and his work.
3: And you... Are you thinking of becoming a minister, Mike?
2: Minute <laughs> me? <laughs> no, 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 no. Perish the thought. No, nope, my philosophy is too easy for that. I long ago decided that if you can't fight him, join him. Can't you see how evil I am? Attempting you with spiritous beverages, coaxing you here to my lair, and now, having anesthetized my prey, making ready... To spring,
3: I don't think you're being very funny, Mike. Oh, is this where you hit your head?
2: Hmm? oh yes, yes, so they say now, I wasn't being altogether funny. What do you mean, truly? Have you any idea how jealous I am of my older brother
3: abroad? Why,
2: a month ago, or whenever it was, they turned up with you, my first thought was. Why couldn't I find something like that?
3: That's very flattering, Mike. But you're a little young for the big step.
2: Not so young as you think. Perhaps. I don't care what you and Rod have been to each other. It was me you wanted. Still want. Only you're afraid of breaking your word. This is a joke. It's no joke. Mike, let go of me you wanted me from the moment you laid eyes on me just as I have you oh,
3: you've been reading too many naughty books don't laugh
2: there's nothing funny about this
3: no not really offensive
2: you're afraid of me don't be silly. afraid of yourself
3: now that really is the last
5: straw
2: test it fasten your mouth to mine wind yourself about me try forbidden love, and it will never let you go. Oh,
3: no, Mike, let me go. You're, you're hurting me. <laughs> oh, that's Rod home with your father. If you won't let me go, I'll scream.
2: What are you going to tell them?
3: Nothing. Nothing. I wouldn't want them to know what a pig you are. I think that blow on the head must have done more damage than you think. Mike, you better see a psychiatrist. Oh, hi, Rod. Dad. Uh, well, we didn't expect you.
5: Esther. By Lucifer! I'll
2: have you yet. Cowering at my feet like a slave. To use you once and destroy you. As I shall use your surrogate tonight. Whoever she may be. Oh, dear, oh, dear. How best you.
3: What, Reverend Damon?
2: Just something that happened... To a girl on the other side of
3: town. Let me see. Raped?
2: Awful. Now you got me going. (laughs) Uh, You too, Jean. Well, since you can't read, I'll read it to you. The body of Elizabeth Migler, 21, was discovered in Marsden Park today by a passerby. Although it was later determined the girl had been raped, the strange features of the case are that she was not robbed and as though by some ferocious animal tooth marks showed that her throat had been literally ripped to pieces. Good Lord.
3: Where where is Marsden Park?
2: Clear over the other side of town.
3: When did it happen? Uh, Night before last. Morning, all.
2: I hope breakfast is all ready. I'm famished. What's wrong with that
3: cat? It's beginning to bug me. A lot of things are beginning to bug me. What did you say, honey? Uh, Nothing, Rod. I I, I don't think I'll have any breakfast this morning. I I don't feel like eating. No, Rod, please, don't come with me. I'd rather be alone.
2: Lovers quarrel? Look, will you just take out, brother mine? It's none of your business. For Trudy's sake, for everyone's sake, would that it were. But... Unfortunately, we know better. Or do we? The crime happened miles away. And the devil that may possess Mike is there only on the evidence of a tipsy charwoman who summons the devil, never calls for him in vain. And once met, few are lucky to get rid of him again. I'll return shortly with Act Three.
5: Give your hand to a friend. Give your heart to your loves. But give your cold. Yes! The contact. The sooner the better.
2: The common cold is a rotten thing. You miss so much. Sneezing, drips, and congestion can drag you down. Then ask yourself the contact question six or three or one. You'd need six cold tablets, two every four hours, or three ounces of cold's liquid, one every four hours, or just one contact for up to twelve hours continuous relief of those symptoms. That's daytime, then nighttime relief. Both the others have things for aches and fever, and the liquid, something for coughs, not found in contact six hundred tiny time pills. Here's your
5: cold. The contact.
2: Six or three or one. Take contact. His direction.
5: Daddy, what if the sun stopped shining? What would happen?
4: If the sun stopped shining, why, you'd be so surprised. You'd stare up at the heavens with those big blue eyes
3: the wind would carry all of your light up to the skies and the sun would start shining again and the
5: sun would start shining.
4: you can help make the sun start shining again through the united nations children's fund this is bill anderson asking you to be generous when the neighborhood youngsters come to your door to trick-or-treat for unicef this halloween Please drop a few coins in their little orange boxes and help UNICEF bring better food, medical care, and education to millions of needy children.
2: In the kitchen of the Damon house, Rod glares angrily at his brother, who shrugs it off and goes to the refrigerator for orange juice. A troubled Reverend Damon eyes both his sons as he closes and folds the tabloid in his hands as if it were just as unclean as it is. Rod, unchallenged by Mike, breaks the silence first. better go on upstairs and check on truly. She said she wanted to be alone. Look, Will you stay out of this? I'm not even in it. Uh, Just an objective comment. So keep it to yourself. Uh, Come on, Rod. I didn't mean to butt in catch me up. What's all the hostility about? No hostility. Just a reaction to a peculiarly unpleasant crime. I think I'll go up and apologize to Trudy for spoiling everyone's breakfast. That's a good idea, Dad. If I can leave you two alone. I have no quarrel with anyone. Now forget it, Dad. I just got upset over Trudy. I, I shouldn't have jumped on Mike. Well, then, let me see if I can make a uh, future in-law a little happier in our house. What happened, Rod? Oh, it all started over this tabloid story about some poor kid who got raped and mangled in Marsden Park. Oh? Here, read all about it. <whistles> kind of gruesome, all right. But there's one of these every day. Yeah, but not in such gory detail. It really got to truly... You know, I've never seen her upset like that. I mean, so, so subjectively involved. Oh? What do you suppose triggered that? Oh, I don't know. I just sure wish I did. Maybe it's better to let sleeping dogs lie. Who is it? Your future father-in-law. May I come in for a minute?
3: Just a sec. The door's locked. Uh, Come on in, Reverend Damon.
2: Feeling any better?
3: Oh, not really.
2: Oh, I should be ashamed of myself reading that yellow sheet. I I like to think it helps keep my sense of balance, but uh, maybe I'm just a seeker of vicarious excitement.
3: Like that rather complete collection on Satanism and the occult that you have in your studio?
2: Ah, you noticed that, did you?
3: Night before last. When I was over there with Mike while you and Rod had gone to see your old parishioner who was dying. Did she?
2: As a matter of fact, no. She uh, made a remarkable recovery. Uh,
3: really? Well, you looked so sort of worried when you came home. I, I thought
2: she... I was even... worried about you, Trudy. And Mike. Why? You, because I knew you were upset about something. You can't be a minister for over 40 years without learning to read something about people.
3: And Mike? Mike
2: is an enigma to me since I brought him back from the hospital. A rather terrifying thought to realize I've lost contact with my own son. I'd like to ask your help, Trudy, and I'll lay it... Right on the line. Why were you at the studio with him? And what happened there?
3: You... you won't tell Rod?
2: Not if you don't want me to.
3: Then what I'd like more than anything is to tell someone. Most of all, you. For Mike's sake. Because I think he needs help. And you're the only one who could bring it to him. Or make him go find it. <laughs>
2: Well, Reverend Damon, this is a pleasure. I'm on my way to a class. Can we talk as we cross campus? Yes. Just, uh, what is the name of your course that Mike is taking? Philosophy. Uh, Perhaps more specifically, metaphysics. Rather freewheeling. I mean, it's, it's advanced and we spend more time on the perimeters than we do on the core subjects. Hmm. Just what were you and Mike up to that long night before his injury? I was coaching him for an examination. An examination in what? On what subject? By the class I teach, general philosophy. And you left before Michael was hurt? Good Lord, yes. Would I have left the boy if he were injured? Would you have fled the scene unless you were up to something dark and vile enough to stain your reputation? I am sorry your boy was hurt. I had no part in it. And I resent your holier-than-thou accusations. If you'll excuse me, I have a class waiting for me. Now for the rug. There. Does it? Oh, my dear Lord. Just what I was afraid of. What are you afraid of, Dad? You, Mike. That you turned away from God to seek the devil. Why, Mike? Why? Who knows? Now, what shall I tell you? hmm? That life's a drag, it has no purpose, no goals, no triumphs that aren't tarnished. That there's no good in man... Nothing but pettiness and meanness and me first and the devil take the hindmost. That's not what I brought you up to believe. No one blames you, Dad. That Trudy was the last straw. That Rod could find the woman he wanted and she could turn out to be the one that I need. So I chose his worship. And here we built my altar. Don't desecrate that name, The altar belongs to God. This altar belongs to Satan. See the circle traced in vermilion paint? Exactly nine feet wide, an eight-foot charcoal one within. Light the vote of candles, burn the incense, let the mass begin.
5: Mike, what are you doing? I won't tolerate this, this sacrilege. You can no more move than the woman I desire can resist my power. I am the way, I am the darkness, I am the truth, Lord of the universe whom the winds fear, I am he whose mouth ever flameth, you answer me, thee I invoke, the bornless one that did create the darkness and the light, thee I command to serve me, and send me the woman I desire, Trudy, don't come in here. But the rain... What's going on here? Rod, it's your brother. He's gone mad. Spawn of the outer world. Stay back. Stay back. Or I will smite thee dead where thou standest. Leave or leave except the woman who is mine. Dad, what's going on? Look out. He's going for Trudy. Now, look. Rod, he hasn't died. Would you murder your own brother? Okay, let's not fooling around. Ah.
2: You know, I could always take you.
3: Oh, Rod, I hope you haven't hurt him too much.
2: Oh, don't worry, baby. He always had a glass jaw. He had something more perishable than that. Call the hospital. And better tell them to bring a straitjacket. The top of the night to you, Mrs. Gideon. And what's that wee bottle in the paper bag... A little potine?
3: Nothing of the sort, Dr. Smart-Attic. <laughs> That's a noggin of holy water blessed by me own Monsignor, which I carry with me when I come near this place ever since three days ago. What happened to old PJ? Did anyone ever turn up to claim him?
2: No. Nope. Oh, by the way, while we're on the gossip column, uh, guess who's back in the hospital?
3: Oh, <gasps> not the other one. Mm-hmm,
2: the same lying in the emergency room under a deep sedation in a straitjacket.
3: Oh, what did they bring him back here for?
2: That's what Dr. Considine and his father, the Reverend Damon, are discussing now in the prep room. Well, if you're going to swab out the emergency, you'd better get at it fast.
3: Well, I'll tell you something, Doctor. Hmm? If I'm to be there and alone with that devil, you'll never see emergency this clean again. For I imagine the Monsignor's holy water to me pale right now, just in case.
2: Of course, we'll run every neurological test in the book on him under the circumstances, Reverend Davin. I'm not sure it will do any good. I'm afraid the trouble is psychiatric. Well, it has to be one or the other, unless we're to accept Mrs. Gideon's diagnosis of possession. Mrs. Gideon? I remember now... She was one of the people like the intern who remembered that they thought they saw considerable skull compression. Which never existed, believe me. Just an illusion like Mrs. Gideon's. What was Mrs. Gideon's illusion? Well, I'm afraid she'd uh, had a drink or two and she had some wild story about a black devil streaming out of an old dipsomaniac who was also in the emergency room and... And being sucked up through your son's nostrils <laughs> I'm really even embarrassed to mention such nonsense. Come in. Excuse me, Dr. Considine, but the patient is coming too. Mr. Damon? Yes, sir. He's still in the straitjacket. I, uh, I think, Reverend, if you don't mind until we see what state he's in. Uh, I don't mind. You might as well both know that the police are by now well aware that my my son was responsible for the violent death of a young woman the night before last while under the possession of whatever devils or devil owns him. Shall we go?
5: By Nergal and Tammuz and Belfogor, no one can have me in... I am a liar, Lord of the Flies, and your bonds cannot hold me! Good Lord, he's out of the
2: straitjacket. I'll get help. What's going on here, Mrs. Gooding?
3: Oh, the Lord preserve us. It's the devil incarnate. Oh, stay away from him, Doctor. He'll burn you to a crisp with this fiery breath.
5: Oh, you stay away from him. Leave him to me. Michael... My son. Call me not by that filthy angel's name. Stay away, old man. For I carry death in my hand as a sword. Michael. I warned you.
3: Oh, you'd menace a man of the
5: cloth. Get back. Get back.
3: (laughs) (laughs) What happened? Oh, sure it was the Monsignor's holy water. That's the strong as lying. Michael, no. All right, boys.
2: All in. right, Daniels, you're too late. What? Excuse me, Reverend. Let me see. Daniels, come here. Uh, yes, sir. Was that the depression you were talking about when this man was first brought in? Yes, sir. That's what I thought I saw. Well, at least it's what we all see now. But how? I haven't any answers. I only know... I'm sorry, Reverend Damon, but your son is... is dead. He hasn't been my son since his first visit here. The mercy of God is that whatever possessed him died with him, thanks to this lady here.
3: Oh, if I hadn't had the holy water, I... The Lord does move in mysterious ways. Don't he, Reverend, sir?
2: In mysterious ways and kind ones. What a field day the Reverend Damon's tabloids might have had if Michael had ever come to trial for the death of that poor innocent girl. Innocent. Perhaps... That's the theme of this dark history. If Michael had been less innocent, and it had the guts to be less self-interested and bored, how different his world might have been. But that's the answer, isn't it? We all make our own world. We can't rely on anyone else
6: to make it for us. I'll be back shortly. Here's a medical puzzle. A person has a deadly disease, yet leads a normal life. How is it possible? The answer is chemotherapy. Through this treatment, thousands of cancer victims regain active, productive lives despite their cancer. Many of these people can continue in their jobs for years, while the anti-cancer drugs, which we call chemotherapy, control their disease. But many types of cancer remain difficult to control. Through research, the Chemotherapy Foundation is stimulating the development of new drugs. More types of cancers will someday be controlled. The question is not if, but when. You can help by contributing to the Chemotherapy, that's Chemo, C-H-E-M-O, Therapy Foundation, Box 8, New York, New York, 128. That's the Chemotherapy Foundation, Box 8, New York, New York, 128. This is a public service message from the Chemotherapy Foundation.
2: I suppose I should resist the impulse, but I have to admit I can't. It's one of the rewards for being host, particularly with guests who can't answer back, at least directly. So just for once, a homily. Reach out and find life. Take it and make the most of it. For if nothing else, our story proves to the hilt the oldest of adages. If you don't, the devil finds work for idle hands to do. Our cast included Donald Bucher, Joan Shea, Ian Martin... Guy Sorrell, and Leon Janney. The entire production was under the direction of Hyman Brown. Now, a preview of our next tale. No trouble, though. He went numb pretty fast. I thought he would. He wanted me to give you a message, but then he couldn't remember what it was. Oh, uh, and he thinks you're some kind of a warden, poor man. You know, Mr. Z... I didn't much like it inside that room. You knew you were coming out. Whoever dreamed up the black room anyway? I've no idea. Somebody must have. There's always been a black room, far as I know. Hell of a place. Yes. How long will he last, do you think? Matter of days. Weeks, possibly. Then what? He'll go mad. Or die. Wonder what he's doing now. Oh... Counting by twos, then by threes, then by fours. Anything to keep from thinking. That's what they all do. Radio Mystery Theater was sponsored in part by Buick Motor Division. This is E.G. Marshall inviting you to return to our mystery theater for another adventure in the macabre. Until next time, pleasant dreams.
1: Business, you rarely hear the expression "for life." You make a purchase for a product, for a service, and and there's a there's a time frame there. Well, that's not the case with Awaken One Hundred and Eighty Weight Loss.